0: Times, the world just needs a hero to help cut through all the noise. Nine, nine,
1: nine, nine, nine. Well, now you have two.
0: Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the 80th episode of Heroes of Noise podcast. I'm one half of this dynamic duo. Over there is the dude. What's up? What's
2: happening, Steve? Are we really on 80? 80? 80s that's pretty impressive sir we're getting there and that's not even counting the like pre games we used to do how you feeling today Dan? how you I? feeling? i'm feeling all right went to the movies last night didn't pay a damn dime and i'll talk about that in just a bit but as far as like my my physical and spiritual self sir i feel pretty good how about yourself you good i am doing well um i think i'm getting a lot of
0: stuff done that needs to happen before next week and i think once Things start moving for the school year, everything is gonna be like, okay. All right. Let's breathe. I think that is, that's that's gonna be the thing.
2: Does your kid spring into action next week and go back to school, start college? Sure does. Sure does. That's cool, man. You got yourself a yeah, man in the house. Yes. How's it been, by the way? I guess you can't really say that you're bachelors, but how's the whole father son no. cohabitating been? It's been
0: good. It's been good. I, I think you braced me for it because I was like, okay. So when he moves in, what is he going to start doing? Like man, normal, doing the dishes, did it. And you're like, oh no, he's not gonna do that by himself. And so you braced me for that. I was like, oh, cool. And so I was ready.
2: (laughs) How'd that work out? Yeah.
0: So now I just tell him to do stuff. And sometimes he'll just do it by himself. But when you said, oh, no, 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 no. Don't think that that's going to happen. When they see something on the table, don't think that that's just going to go into the no. no,
2: Well, I mean, I don't think that's like a, a blanket statement for people, but I think it's more common than people think.
0: Oh, for sure. I just expected, oh, when the trash is full, obviously he's going to look at it and take it.
2: Right now, somebody's like, not in my house. Calm down. I'm not talking about your kid. You're <laughs> perfect. You raised a perfect kid. Did you, though? Did you? Quit smelling your own farts and let us have our podcast.
0: So, yeah, I think it's just a new generation. And so, yeah, uh, but other, it's just like, it's chill. And then I think once he starts going to uh, his classes, then things are going to kind of be like, okay, things are moving. I don't have to really do the registration and this and this and this and that but other than that things are good you know work is normal life is fine you know trying to be like damn that's all we're trying to do that's all all of us are trying to do how's the love life it's like that is such a normally wonderful thing you know it's funny the other day i don't know what happened but it kind of like it rubbed me wrong that she said
2: oh here we go
0: and so i kind of got quiet and she said, she said uh, Steve, I was like, what? She's like,
2: stop being a poop.
0: <laughs> and that snapped me out of it.
2: She called you a poop, huh? Yeah. She's like, you being a poop. I could only imagine the swear war that goes on in your house. I mean. You're such a poop, Steve. Hey, listen, skip you. <laughs> all right? If you think I'm going to put up with all that nonsense, sniff that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the thing is, she she has a mouth and she's been chilling around me.
2: So do you find that she is toning it down a little bit? Or is she trying to tone it down? Oh, yeah, a lot. Wow, that's respect right there.
0: Yeah, she does a lot. And obviously, she'll sometimes, she'll just slip up. And I'm like, I don't care. It's not a big deal. She's like, no, but I just don't want to be cussing around you when you don't. You know what's weird? What's that? When people are like, when I tell people like, hey, it looks like you and uh, Melissa are doing really well. You know what the first thing, especially if they've been married for a long time. What do you think they say after
2: that? When I say, yeah, we're doing great. Well, let's see how long that lasts before the first fight. That's
0: it. That is exactly <laughs> what they say. They're Sorry, like,
2: I had to open up the book of assholes. I went to page 89 <laughs> and there was.
0: <laughs> Gee, every time they're like, yeah, enjoy it. I'm like, "What? are you that miserable? Like, is it that bad?
2: You know, it's kind of funny, dude, because I get what you're saying, and I'm sure I've said something to that degree. You have not. Maybe more so in like a realistic thing. Not so much like, oh, well, that's not gonna last for long. I don't mean it like that. It is funny though. Like it's really, it's kind of adorable to see people in the little honeymoon phase <laughs> because everything is roses, you know. And I, we're not gonna be that way. We're gonna beat the odds. <laughs> But here's the thing, man. It's just two people that are choosing. I'm not even really including you two in this because I don't know. You've never told me this, of course. But when two people choose to like live their life together for the rest of their lives, there are just certain things that you're going to get on each other's nerves about. It's not a bad thing. There are people that are super compatible that can get through this, and there's people that aren't, right? Yes. It's just funny, though, man, because every single couple right in that two to four month, maybe two to six month phase everything is perfect and it's adorable you know what i mean because it's like it's us against the world babe and then you know the first thing happens you're like oh wow whew, that was weird that was a fluke you know
0: <laughs> there's no question i make things difficult you uh, come oh. on <laughs> get out of dodge <laughs> and so i kind of already have made a bunch of little like she's like you're attitude can change at the drop of a dime i was like yeah yeah i could get in my mood very if you say something to rub me wrong sometimes i can get in the mood but i've seen it yeah and i was like okay you know what uh it's when people say enjoy it i know they don't mean it mean i just find it very funny that i'm like okay but you should be happy i imagine being married for all this time but with them being like yeah enjoy and it's normally the I've Since I only talk to the dudes, I don't or know some of the women, uh, but the women are more like, oh, you guys are so cute. The men are the ones that say, enjoy it. Women are just like how adorable
2: men are like, enjoy it while it's there. It really just it kind of goes to this, though. They're like, so, Steve, how is yours and Melissa's relationship going? It's great. So far,
0: so good. I mean, I'm really enjoying our time. She's just Awesome.
1: Oh, that's
0: so adorable! Bingo, that's what that is.
2: Just you fucking wait. I was happy like you once. Fuck you for being happy. That's so great! I just can't wait. We should hang out sometime. That's what's going down. She totally.
0: They totally say we should hang out sometime. Mm-hmm. They sure do. We should go on a double date.
2: You guys should come camping. It should be like you, and then like it'll be us, and then we'll invite the other friend too. And then we're gonna talk shit all night long. Gonna go to the bathroom and be like, what's up? What's yeah, they don't even look like, good together. Is look, that what it's- Look it at is, him too? acting all sheepish and shit. No, I'm just kidding, bro.
0: <laughs> Cause I mean, here's the thing. I would there's only a few couples I would go out with, and it's like you and Gail and like one other couple. Everyone else, I'm like, I don't need to be around them. I just don't want to.
2: Yeah, I mean, but we've kind of established that you and I are both like that. We don't need a lot. You like a tight circle, as I recall. Yeah, I, you
0: know, it's funny. I really, I realize I have a lot of acquaintances, not many friends. It's true. It's very true. Especially, oh, yeah. I rem- I mean, I remember at some point I was wondering. I was like, "How does Dan have any friends at one point?" Because you were working sixteen hours and the weekends, and I was like, "How is he even having? Re- how does he? Does he have like people he goes drinking with? How does he do it?"
2: It's called the internet, man. I don't really go out that much. I mean, now even, no? No, hermit. Old hermit Dan. That's me. Dan. I don't even shave anymore or anything.
0: Do you have a beard?
2: No, I'm kidding. I don't.
0: Oh, Dan, your <laughs> beard was so dope. People said that uh, that it looked good on you, too, and you just shaved it. I'm like, I don't even... People told you it looked amazing, and then you went home and shaved it. I was
2: like... So I'm just supposed to do what everyone tells me to do? Yes. Yeah. yeah it's not how life works, buddy.
0: But I'm saying it makes you way more amiable to the people that you take care of. Not saying what you do. Well, you already have. A beard does? Yes. They're like, I'm in so much poo. You look amazing. Their pain just vanishes away. The world according to Hudson. No, that's not how it works. And also, I realized that you don't even do you don't do the, the MRI thing. Hmm? The doctors do it and read it from the screen. I've seen house now. You oh, don't yeah. even do it. Like, they do it. Like, he can send one of his underlings to do it. Pay no (laughs)
2: attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They are
0: all MRI trained. Every one of them. Oh,
2: for sure. But yes, Mm
0: -hmm. I am freaking pumped now. I am ready to do a show.
2: You ready? We just had to work that out. Shake the sillies out a little bit. It's been a while. It's been a while. while. (laughs) I beat you. You sure did. I don't know if I did or not, actually. You know the Skype delay. You could have actually beaten me.
0: What if we were on exactly the same time? That's When you edit, you're going to see.
2: I'll know. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You'll be like, dude, was that one voice?
2: Are you ready to rock and roll?
0: Let's shake and bake.
2: Let's see. What do you want to do first, Steve? We've got the contact info. We've got some information. You want to do that? Okay. Yes,
0: sir. We are going to begin this wonderful, awesome show with how you get in touch with Dan. I know that's who you want to see or talk to because you want to tell him to grow the beard. And if you do want to tell him to grow the beard, this is how you do it.
2: Or if you want to tell him that life's not always going to be a bowl of cherries, you can hit Steve up, too. Hi, everybody. My name is Dan. Welcome to the Heroes of Noise podcast. This is episode 80, and goddammit, we're happy to be here. If you want to get a hold of the show, hit us up at heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. That is heroesofnoisepodcast at gmail.com. On the Twitters, you can hit us up at heroesofnoise. Reach me, Dan, at danqpublic, steve at se underscore hudson music. and of course, if you want to just avoid all of that, you can do it all one-stop shopping at www noisecom There you can leave us a voicemail You can email us You can subscribe to the show Wherever you prefer Because the world is yours And uh, you can scroll on down You can see prior episodes of the show As well as our other podcast Which is now back again The Word, the Unofficial Preacher Podcast All the fresh apps are there as well Keep on scrolling, go ahead See that? That's a donation thing Give or, That's cool, if you want to do that, that's fine I don't want to ask and be a hoe. Keep on scrolling Alright, that right there That's the Pods of Justice And those are our friends do us a favor subscribe to their shows they're a bunch of nice people and of course they want your downloads so other than that i'm going to pass it on back to mr steve hudson again welcome to the heroes of noise
0: what a wonderful job you did people you know when you do contact us we often read these amazing emails on the show would you like to hear some of those and then we cue audience applause <laughs>
2: yay Do we have some emails, brother? You got me on my toes this morning, man. You're like queuing up sound effects and shit. I'm like flipping around. You know
0: what's funny? Here's the funny part. You've been, this is going to be a very Dan heavy 10 weeks because not only do you do a lot of stuff on this podcast, but there's another one where you do a lot of
2: reading. (laughs) Actually, dude, before we start, do you mind if I mention a couple other things because I forgot to mention these? Yes, sir. All right. Thank you very much. So, guys. I've mentioned it before. We have the Heroes of Noise podcast community on Facebook, and we would very much like you to join. And uh, while you're there, there's going to be some special perks every now and then. First of all, this is not why we want you to join up. If you're just into like free shit, but you don't want to like play nicely, this is not for you. But if you want to be part of a really cool community and get to know a lot of people that listen to the show and find similar interests and all that, this is the place for you. Okay. One of the things I wanted to mention about the podcast community is we happen to be doing a giveaway right now. Rebecca Daling was nice enough to donate some hats that she got because she's that super important person that gets shit like that, right? Like she's a superstar, wouldn't you say? Of course. So we would like to pass those on to you. For the fans of the boys, if you are into this show, here's some rules we're going to lay down for you if you want to do this contest, okay? First of all, what you have to do is you have to join the Heroes of Noise podcast community. Okay, that's the first important thing. Second of all, and I guess we can't really control this, but it would be nice if you stayed there. Again, don't come over for free shit and then bounce out because we're going to know. And by the way, all these rules are on the announcement. So like right when you get on there, you're going to see what this is about. But what you have to do is uh, write us an iTunes review. Don't worry if you've already written an iTunes review. If you have, just make sure that you do a little snapshot and email it to us. Okay, that's the first thing. But here's the catch with iTunes reviews. We don't want like great show. Love heroes of noise. We're gonna know if you listen to the show or not. So if you just throw out those generic ones, you're, it's an instant disqualification. In this email that you send to us with that snapshot, we want to know if you were a part of the seven. What would your name be, and what would your special power be? That's it. That's all you got to do. And if I forgot something, which is really actually quite possible, just look on the on the rules there, and you're gonna see what I'm talking about. All right. So enough of it with that. Enough of it with that, Steve. You hear what I'm talking enough about? I'm talking it. like an Italian now. Enough of <laughs> <it> with <laughs> that. Hey. <gasps>
0: I have bad news. What's that? It's now you again. We get to hear your wonderful voice, but you have to talk more because we have listener email.
2: All right. I forgot. I'm like, oh, no. Are you
0: leaving? <laughs> what happened? No. I was just like, when you bounce it to me, I'm like, oh, no. It's going right back to
2: you. <laughs> what? Okay. Hold on a second. Does that mean that you're incapable of reading emails? Am yes. I solely in charge of that? Was there something that was written in stone? Yes. Written in stone. This is what you're I saying? I wonder if
0: written, is written in stone literally talking about Moses and the tablets? I wonder if that's what written in stone means.
2: Well, i think thinking a lot of people wrote shit in stone back then because there was no paper.
0: They wrote it on rock, but they didn't write it in stone.
2: Now we're having a debate <laughs> on what's rock and what's stone. Really? We were talking about listener mail, and now we're talking about rock versus stone.
0: No, here's what I'm going to say. If I go up to a mountain and write something, I yeah. wouldn't walk around and say it's written in stone, but if I had tablets of stone and wrote it on tablets, I'd say it's written in stone.
2: I think it's the same thing. I just think that you have now created the first portable book. So Moses was an innovator.
0: I think he was.
2: Have you ever seen History of the World Part 1?
0: No. <laughs> is that um is that Homeboy? Mel Brooks? I was thinking about the other guy, Monty Python.
2: I like when you say homeboy like I'm just supposed to know.
0: Yeah, I thought it was Monty, Monty Python.
2: No, no, no. I no. don't said...
0: understand the thing with Monty Python. Anyway, any, we're not going to do that today because I do not want the emails.
2: Go on. Yeah, let's get emails. But anyway, there's a great thing with Moses because he comes out and he's like, I give you these 15. And then one of them drops. He looks down. Ten. Ten commandments. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get that to you. It's a good one. Is it? It's a classic, man. All right. Yeah, let's move on to the emails. So the first one comes from our buddy Joe Stark. This came in on July 30th. Sorry, we didn't read it the last time, but we didn't read anything on the last episode. Here we go. It says, hey, guys, I just wanted to write and thank you for the kind words about my show and to reiterate to you just how much I love what you guys are doing on Heroes of Noise. You are now one of my go to podcasts, and I always look forward to new episodes dropping. However, I was late to the party. Yes, man. Thank you very much. So... Little backstory, we had a conversation via Facebook Messenger, so this is what did. he's talking about. Of course you did. says, on July 20th, I had a text exchange with Mr. Dan Ramirez where I told him that I was going to go back and start from the beginning. So now I can say that in 10 days, I've listened to your first 10 episodes, including the pregames, and I'm speechless as to how good you guys are. Thank you very much, man. Thank you so much, dude. He goes on to say, I know you two had a previous show and we're going into Heroes of Noise with podcasting experience under your belt, but God damn it. It's like you guys hatched fully formed. Even your episodes in the early days of Heroes of Noise are excellent. I look forward to continuing my quest to listen to every episode and will proudly call myself a Heroes of Noise fanboy for the rest of my earthly days. Joe Stark. Gee, thank you, Joe. They don't come much nicer than that, man.
0: That is a. Bu- and here. Let me tell you a secret technically on recording history we came out fully hatched on heroes of noise but behind the scenes <laughs> we had how many do we delete
2: two um how many times did we run through we <laughs> deleted one because the quality was absolute shit yes like it was really bad and it was just an error that we yes. had because we i was i was in the early days of trying to do this mix minus thing which i Feel like I have down pat now, but bef- I just messed everything up, so I take the blame on that one. So yes, we we had shitty audio on one, and then the second time, I think you and I were in pissy moods or something. And no, we
0: tried to do a run through and actually do one, and we just were yes. like, "Where are we going? We don't even know what we're yeah. doing." It sounded yeah, it was just so
2: weird. we just weren't. Well, we ended up getting kind of like pissy. Remember, yes, like we, yes. we just weren't really gelling. It just it no. was like um. It's like, you know, when you make a pancake and the first one doesn't seem right, so you yes. toss it out and the next one's yes. great. Right? That's exactly what it was. So Joe it was, but with yes. podcast.
0: Joe, we did not we did not do well in the first few. We we were That is true. And that is after we were sort of experienced with the word. We tried to because the word was like talk about what the show's about, what this episode, how we liked it, and then Dan does the rundown. We had it down pat. Heroes, we didn't even know what heroes was gonna be yet.
2: Yeah, we were what we were like, I think we'll be a pop culture podcast. We don't
0: really know. We'll, <laughs> no we'll just start idea. talking
2: and see what happens. I mean, it was one of those things where you like, we used to sit and chill after work in the parking lot and just talk about stuff. Yes. And we were like, wow, this feels right. But when we started talking onto the microphone, Dude. we didn't know what people wanted to hear. Yes. Or anything. And we just both got like really sort of mums the word. It was weird. And I think I might still have that episode somewhere. So maybe oh, one of these totally days I should, should put that out. It. I should drop it on the Patreon feed when that comes out. You know what else you should drop? You want to pay for garbage? <laughs> then here you go. You, you know what?
0: You should drop our uh, disagreement.
2: That's definitely something you're going to have to pay for if you want to hear that juiciness. <laughs> it really wasn't that juicy, actually. I'm sort of uh, um, no being it was, a little dramatic. Joe, it was bad. We were very testy with each other. Yes. It is literally the first time that I recall where we were sort of not getting along we don't yeah. really do that often. We have had some issues where we're sort of uh, you know, a little a little testy miscommunication. With each other. Miscommunication. That's, that's yeah, yeah. The miscommunication only issue we, stuff.
0: This was the thing where no, it was communicated right. We were, were just communicating not right.
2: <laughs> yeah. It was uh, we had we had joined the too much honesty club.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, Joe, trust me. Fully hatched, it was not and the fact that you um I love us anyway, gee, thank you so very much. It means a whole lot. Joe Stark, he has a Stark cast.
2: S T A R K. We need to get him on. C A S T. Goddamn it! Right, we do. We got to get a lot of people on, man. And I, to all of you that I've ever talked about this with, trust us. Like it's we're not being dicks. It's just our schedule. That's really all. Of that us. is. But we would it. love to have a whole bunch of people on the show eventually.
0: I mean, yeah. For every person I say, here's what I realize: the people that are in the circle, all of them would fit perfectly on the show because of their sense of humor.
2: What I like about the group on Facebook is that we started a with a good foundation of people. Like we had some familiarity with them. We were talking from a lot of people came over from the leftover army and I was friends with them on there. And then Steve got friendly with them. And so we feel like there's a friendship thing going yes. on. So the people that yes. we have had on the show are pretty much friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's nice. There's no it's, it's like screening, basically. Yes. We're not doing it intentionally, of course, but we just by natural conversation, we've screened these people. and We're like, oh, yeah, you're a perfect fit.
0: You know what I mean? Quentin was
2: really great, of course, and Johnny Bucks and Rebecca and Melissa and everybody. So Melissa
0: texted me. She's like, oh, my gosh, on your page. And it was about when you realize that it's not the monkey's finger in your mouth.
2: Uh (laughs) That was (laughs) uh, I believe that was Kevin Shanks.
0: She she, we were talking in the car. She's like, it was I died laughing. And I was like, that was so funny. We
2: have funny people in this Oh, I have group. to remember that, Steve. I'm so sorry. When you said Melissa, I'm thinking Melissa that was on the group already. I d- welcome Melissa. I forgot Melissa joined up too. Yes. Now we got two Melissas. And Porchita, my sister. What'd you call her, Porchita? Yeah. <laughs> did Porsche join? Sure did. I you know what I missed that one. Welcome yeah, Porsche Portia. Portia joined. Uh, Michael, uh, her husband's
0: already in. He was in. You already know he was in like from jump.
2: Basically, what we're saying, folks, is follow the cool kids on over and oh and have please some fun.
0: come in. Yes, please and just have a. Don't be sh- the good the dope part about our community is no one's shy. Everyone just puts something up and you always get a response.
2: And we got a few quiet people. Do we have lurkers? You know who you are. You quiet people. You're more of a spectator. I get it, but I see you.
0: I don't know if I've posted anything, Dan.
2: Yeah, I was talking to you. basically. Okay.
0: <laughs> I need. You know what? I'm going to post today. But please come to the community. We love y'all. If you're listening, come to the community. That's all. And thank you, Joe. Joe, you made my day just now. I am pumped.
2: Before we get into iTunes reviews, because we do have a couple of those, we do have a listener voicemail. Now, let me give you a little bit of backstory on this one, because it does come with a little bit of bravado. It's got some bravado rockets on it, and it's uh, basically bravado. calling you out, Steve. This rock and roll! Yeah, this comes from Shannon, and she has some very strong opinions. Now, a little while back, there was this whole thing going on about Tom Cruise on the page, and she had some strong opinions. Other people had strong opinions, too. I see you, Kristen. I know Rebecca. We know. I don't think Rebecca got involved, but I know where she stands with Tom Cruise. So uh, let's go ahead and play this voicemail. I'm not entirely sure if there's anything that has to do with me on it, Steve, but I do know that it has a lot to do with you. So you ready, sir?
1: This rock. Shannon, Steve. Okay. I'm gonna do the mullet thing first because it's shorter. Steve, you're totally wrong. Everybody I knew in high school had a mullet. It's true. My brother had a mullet. I met best boyfriends had a mullet. A guy I dated had a mullet. Everybody had a mullet. They were ubiquitous when we were in high school. And having a mullet is not that big of a surprise.
2: You were saying?
0: All right, so here's that's the equivalent of me saying this Hey, when I was young, everybody was black. My homeboy was black. My son, my <laughs> brother was black. Everyone I chill with was black. The world was black. Like, no, it was just your circle was mullet. Mullet.com. But go on.
2: You got to understand, like I said before, man, I'm with her on this one because it was just a certain era. You know what I mean? That's Mullets? it. Mullets? Hey. If you're talking about Fresno, California, more specifically, Hoover High School, in the area of, say, 1988 to 1991, it's very (laughs) mullet-rich. It's just the way it was, sir. It's a fact of life.
0: That's true. Okay. Then, in that case, if you're saying, in that school, at that time, in this city, okay, okay.
2: Look at it this way. It was just a culture that you weren't involved with. It's not like we were in the mullet culture. Like when people went through that whole beard thing. I don't know, Steve, if, if uh, I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't know if like black people got involved with that whole thing. But do you remember looking on Twitter and Instagram and shit like uh, five years ago, maybe? And everyone was bearding up all of a sudden. Everyone looked like lumberjacks. Do you remember that?
0: Um, I remember certain people doing that. Yes.
2: Yeah. It's okay. it, it, it was a thing. OK, so it's not like that. I just I think that was the haircut. OK. Oh. It was in movies and I don't know, I'm sorry. Blame it on Full House. I don't know.
0: But all right, let's continue. Oh, oh, you know what, Uncle Jesse? Was that a sweet mullet? Yeah. I don't remember.
2: All of them except for Pat Sage was not Pat Sajak. What's that homie's name? Bob Saget. <laughs> Bob Saget. <laughs> they should have put Pat Sajak on the show instead of Bob Saget. That would have been better. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that uh, Bob S- Pat Sajak. I don't think that Bob Saget could actually rock a mullet. Nor do I think that Pat Sajak could. So they You got know lucky.
0: you know Method Man's the only one to do a line with Pat Sajak?
2: You know what I hear actually I hear Pat Sajak's kind of an asshole.
0: Oh dude, those gee, those game show hosts, she I mean, dude, go to their Twitter accounts. <laughs>
2: They're the worst, right? Uh but anyway,
1: Jerry Maguire, first and foremost, is a horrible movie. Second of all, it isn't even barely a sports movie. All
2: Jerry right. Now, Steve, I'm going to be honest with you. I did listen to some of this. Okay. Oh, hold on. I kind of messed it up because I paused it. But what she said is this is her words. Jerry Maguire is a chick flick. Okay. That's what she said. Ow! Okay. Go on. Now I'm going to say this though. Okay. I'm yes. not going to say I agree with her or anything. She makes a very strong point right here. Okay. Go ahead.
1: Period. End of story. And it is certainly not the best sports movie ever. You're leaving out Raging Bull. You're leaving out Rocky, Bull Durham, Mystery Alaska, The Rookie, Slap Shot. I could go on. It is not a sports movie. It's a horrible.
2: I'll throw Field of Dreams in there too, just cause. Really? Yeah, I think so. Would you say
0: that Field of Dreams is more of a sports movie than Jerry Maguire?
2: Jerry Maguire is sort of like housed around sports, but I don't necessarily think it's a sports movie. You know what I'm saying? Let's take, say, uh, The Blind Side, for instance. That's a sports movie, right? It's a little more sportsy than say, like you never even see Cuba Gooding Jr. playing, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. You do. Okay. Well, that shows you I've seen how many times I've seen the movie, but I don't think that's the center point of the movie. I think the romance is the center point of the movie, and I kind of think that that's what Shannon means.
0: Well, the thing is, but when we talk about like stuff like Hoosiers, the center point isn't yeah. necessarily the gameplay. It's about Gene Hackman and Dennis Hopper.
2: Did she say Hoosiers?
0: No, I was saying uh, hypothetically. like People were going to put Hoosiers in, guaranteed in most lists of best all-time sports movies. What about Rocky? I would even say Rocky is about him.
2: The fights are a side note. What about Remember the Titans? What about Rudy? Raging Bull, again, is a good one. How many,
0: okay, now Raging Bull probably has a, I have not, I've only seen Raging Bull when I was a, uh, I'm not going to even say what class it was, but it was a class that I would be in. We watched Raging Bull and I was like, um, it was, you know how they preface it?
2: I know that I'm not going to let you get away without telling me what the class was. (laughs)
0: It was film class.
2: Film class. Why is is that embarrassing?
0: Because I was also in jazz class, jazz. I was like that kid.
2: Jazz band?
0: Yes. I was a jazz pianist for the school.
2: Nothing wrong with that. Okay. Yeah, Um, come on, man.
0: Well, at the time, it was not the coolest thing.
2: Fair enough. I agree.
0: So I would say Raging Bull, I remember a lot of fights. I might be misremembering it. But I think a lot of these movies that, like, Shannon is going to wax poetically about, it's in your brain there's a lot more sports in those movies than actually on screen. Not
2: training, but actual gameplay. I'm just saying so far I'm with her on her point. Rocky even? I still think when it comes to actual sports or the physical aspect of sports, Rocky wins. Really? Oh yeah. By far. Cuba Gooding to- Jr. does not take a beating the way Sylvester Stallone does in that movie. And it's not that it's a boxing movie, but you get my point. I know, but that that does have something to do with it
0: that it's a boxing movie. How
2: many movie. times have you seen Rocky?
0: Oh shoot. Oh, uh, I actually remember I watched it fairly recently here, remember?
2: No, I remember you for watching you. Creed. You watched no, Creed.
0: I watched it for you because you told me to watch it before watching Creed. Okay, well how many times have you seen it? Uh technically twice. Technically okay, so that we twice. We can't we can't have a conversation. That's not true. So if I I've, so I've only seen Avatar once. And we know where that got us. I can't talk about Avatar? The best movie of all well, I'm saying the most the most profitable second most profitable movie of all time I knew it was good I watched Rocky I watched it late though I know for a okay. fact I watched it late okay alright
2: so you've seen Rocky twice how many times have you seen Jerry Maguire
0: oh that's not even fair dude
2: so we can't have a but I, you know what
0: though I think I've seen I might have seen other movies that I think I might have seen Hoosiers more time I see Jerry Maguire
2: maybe okay alright well let's, let's see what else you have okay. to say narcissistic chick movie
1: Tom Cruise is an ass in that movie I'm sorry, <laughs> but You Had Me at Hello is the cheesiest thing I have ever heard. Bingo. Tom Cruise used to be cool. Push balls. I love A Few Good Men, one of my favorite all-time movies.
0: She's saying that's the cheesiest thing she's ever heard. I could rattle off some cheesy lines in movies.
2: I just think it's a subjective thing. Opinions are like assholes. You know how that works. So that's like... The all father doesn't have one. <laughs> not anymore. But I think that... Um, I don't know. I I like what she's saying so far. I'm really not disagreeing with her. I'm not quite as harsh about it. Like, Shannon, what's, what's, you all right? Can you hug? I'm just wondering. But so far, I'm not disagreeing with her. Okay. I am. At the same time, like, I do think that uh, Tom Cruise is pretty crazy, but I will still attend his movies.
0: I think he was, uh, the thing is, he was what most men were in those sort of movies and better than some of the men were. like. At the time, some of these romantic comedy guys in movies that
2: people love were just horrible people. I'll tell you this. I do not think that Jerry Maguire is a bad movie. I don't see where the big deal is, is all. Well, I think Rocky's a better,
0: like when I said it's the best sports movie, I thought I said one of the best.
2: I'm pretty sure you said the best.
0: Okay, let me amend that, ladies and gentlemen. I do believe it's one of the best sports movies of all time. I think Rocky, when I saw Rocky, I saw it late. But I thought it was a better movie than Jerry Maguire.
2: This calls for a timestamp right here. You've actually changed your mind on the show. Yeah, I, I did. I thought I said one of, and I the thing is,
0: I didn't see the ending of Rocky coming. I was like, what? <laughs> In my brain, I thought, I yeah. know what's gonna happen, and it doesn't. And that's <laughs> like, what makes it so good. Oh yeah, it was. It was very, very. I, I like the movie, and I watched it. Like I said, I watched it late. So anyway, go on. All right. Ooh, my back. Dang. Time
1: movies. I like the firm. I like Top Gun. I like the Outsiders. As for the stuff he's made recently, like in the last twenty years, he's made twenty something films. I've seen three. I've seen Mission Impossible too.
2: So to be fair, to put this back on Shannon, Hard to make that call if you've seen three movies in, this, in the last 20 years of all the movies that he's made. And to be last,
0: the last Mission Impossibles were crazy.
2: Right. See, so like I'm saying, I, I'm agreeing with her, but at the same time, and maybe I should have let her finish her sentence, to be fair, but on that same note, I don't think it's fair to judge Tom Cruise's movies on the last 20 years if you've seen three of them.
0: Yeah, especially considering which one she's actually seen. I bet you Minority Porch probably is the second.
2: I'm just playing referee right now. Okay, go this for is it. between you two. Here we go.
1: Austin Powers, Gold Member, Tropic Thunder. Oh, I like four.
2: Was he in Gold Member?
1: He was in... Oh,
0: oh, 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 oh. He was. Wait. Okay. Shows you how wait,
2: many wait, times I've seen that movie. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. I don't remember I'll go on. Him in Gold Member
1: and Rock of Ages.
2: Yeah, I don't. What? I- IMDb. I'll, you know what? You listen. I'll IMDb. Okay. The thing is, that means she missed
0: Minority Report. Dan, did you like Minority Report? Loved it. Exactly. She's missed the last few Mission Impossibles where he did Come stuff. On. Come on, G. There he's been going on a tear, killing game where we were just like, this man is a movie star. Cause he's one of the people I'm biased. Cause I can just watch Tom Cruise be Tom Cruise. I think that he's a movie star. One of the last few. And I and in the last Mission Impossible. My son watched it, having never seen any of the Mission Impossibles, and it was just like, holy cow that was incredible but yeah 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 yeah. i, I disagree with i disagree you sh- shannon you've got to see more tom cruise movies
2: just doing a quick scan i know i'm not saying you're wrong shannon but i don't see him on imdb but he could be way back there because if he wasn't gold member it had to be a really small role i assume
0: um I, and also Austin in in tropic thunder
2: he was great i was just about to say dude tropic thunder is probably one of my favorite roles of his in the last 20 years really Oh, I loved him in that movie. He was great. It was so weird. Now, when I look at it, I don't know how I didn't see it the first time. I think it was because it was just so un-Tom Cruise. I didn't even recognize him the first time. Swear to God. Now, it seems impossible to not see him.
0: I, I, I kind of was prepped for him to be in it. Like, I didn't like um, Magnolia. I didn't like his role in Magnolia. I, thought it was hor- I just didn't like the movie. Terrible. I thought it was just, I hate those movies where like, see how deep it is? I'm like, no, I don't.
2: Yeah, don't ask me to think. I just paid you 12 bucks. It
0: th- thank you. Well, then again, you're really not anymore, so I feel like Yeah,
2: that. I'll talk about that real quick before we get started all right. with the, all the review stuff. Let's continue. Let's do it.
1: And yes, he's a superstar.
2: Yeah, damn but right. you have
1: to admit, his acting skills have gone markedly down in the last few years. Oh. He's gone to crazy town. And Jerry Maguire is a perfect example of how every Tom Cruise movie is about Tom Cruise. One of my friends has a theory. with.
2: Yo, but if it's a Tom Cruise movie... <laughs> <laughs> Man. Did you check out that new Sylvester Stallone movie? The whole fucking oh, movie with Sylvester Stallone.
0: Freaking Rambo. Nothing but Rambo here. Like the Yo, I went and saw Star Rambo. Wars,
2: G. And it was all these wars in the stars. <laughs> What the fuck's wrong with people these days? Rocky. That's all the advertising right
0: all they show is Rocky. Rocky this. Rocky that. We should just name it Rocky.
2: Like, yeah. <laughs> probably should. Give me something else for Pete's sake. <laughs> Quit shoving Rocky down my throat. Black Panther. Let me tell you what that's you mostly right, see.
0: Black Panther.
2: <laughs> I went to see Black Panther, man. I didn't see Iron Man once. <laughs>
1: Which I think is true that in every single Tom Cruise movie, at least the ones that I've seen, he's either running from something at some point or being applauded by people. Watch his movies and mm-hmm, see if I'm wrong. I can't even I can't even with the Tom Cruise best sports movie ever. As far as I'm concerned, there are like 80 movies ahead of it. I'm leaving out a whole bunch like Friday night. Life, With It about Roller Derby. Fabulous one. movie, 42. Uh, Pride of the Yankees. Major League, a league of their own. Remember the Titans.
2: So much props for Major League, by the way, Shannon. I'll continue. That is so... Why are we even... You need to
1: watch more sports movies, Steve. That's all I can tell you. Love the show.
2: Let's not forget Slapshot with Paul Newman.
0: You guys stop with that.
2: Hey, it is what it is, sir. Facts are facts.
1: Joe, love what you guys do. Steve... You're just flat out wrong about this. That's all I can say. Have a good
2: one, guys. Thanks for letting me rant. All right. Thank you, Shannon. That's always fun. Always fun to hear from Shannon. Very thought-provoking.
0: I will say this. If I said it was the best, I am totally wrong. Totally. It is definitely one of the best sports movies. And if you don't think it's a sports movie, we we got to really start dissecting what is considered a sports movie. Well, then maybe we need to come back to it. Yes, we do have to come back to it because Kevin Shanks made a good point uh, regarding this. But we'll come back to that and everything. But thanks for the email. If you got a point, please bring the point up. He, I think it was Kevin Shanks who said, uh, uh, Jerry Maguire is a sports movie the sa- in the same way that Moneyball is about math or something. Or,
2: um, oh, statistics. I kind of remember that one.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, interesting. We need to really concentrate because a lot of people call Moneyball a sports movie.
2: Yeah. You know, it's it, there's a gray area because is it a sports movie? And I'm just any movie that we're talking about. Is it a movie that's about sports or is it a movie that's revolved around sports?
0: You know what I mean? See? Yes. Like, let's be real. Is Rocky a sports movie or is it a movie that's revolved around sports?
2: I'm being honest with you. I really think it's a sports movie because the entire movie is ba- up to a certain point uh, because the entire movie is based around his career. Being, you know, he's trying to be the world champion. And then once it starts getting into, say, like um, Rocky V, it's still sort of about sports, but it's not about Rocky anymore. It's about him carrying on the name. Terrible movie, by the way. So, and, you know, and the same thing with Creed. Yeah, I'd say those are sports movies. But there's, there is a lot of heart involved with them, too.
0: See, I don't know, because like, there's not many fights in Creed.
2: If the movie is based around a certain goal and you're working towards that goal and it has to do with sports, to me, it feels like it's a sports movie. But if it's like, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like, we're two reporters and, and we're falling in love while the football game's going. I don't know. I can't give you a good example. What we, I'm it, saying is, yeah, if convinced. it's a love story that is the uh, forefront, then it can't be really a sports movie.
0: We have to, one day we're going to sit down and do the, the Heroes of Noise or the Heroes of Sports Movies criteria. That's what we'll do. We'll sit there and be like, what are the criteria of a sports movie? What do they have to meet for it to be a sports movie as opposed to a love story? What does it have to meet? What is the screen time for sports happening
2: out of the movie? Sounds like a plan, sir. We All right, do that. man.
0: Thank you. Let's roll.
2: All right, I'm going to crack these last things out here before we start talking about what we've been checking out. And uh, thank you again, Shannon, for your voicemail. And guys, please feel free to leave us voicemails. We like those. We like to dissect them and talk back at you. So heroesofnoise.com, that's where you do it. So we have a few iTunes reviews, and I'm going to go ahead and read these out right here. The first one comes from Striker2012-30. It says, Dan and Steve have tremendous chemistry. Listen to the Heroes of Noise people. You won't be disappointed. Rock on, my friends. Now I know who it is. P.S., Fuck Weezer.
0: That is hilarious. (laughs) His name's already popped up today.
2: Next one is from July 31st. This comes from Domesticated Dave. It says, Pure excellence. I just discovered this little gem. With some fun coverage of San Diego Comic-Con as an appetizer, I was treated to a delicious main course of the Wu-Tang Clan. Keep up the great work. With love, Domesticated Dave.
1: That's
0: nice, man. Thank you so very much. Really appreciate it. I mean, welcome please, aboard. Welcome aboard. Thank you so very much. We appreciate we appreciate every single review, especially the 5-star.
2: And then lastly, Stephen, certainly not the least. This one comes from PY's 84 says, Dan and Steve are sweet baby angels, and they have amazing chemistry together. It's like listening to a morning radio show. Is it a good thing? I take that as a compliment. (laughs) I think. Am I? Yes, I am. Can't recommend this enough, whether it's pop culture, music, or just slice of life. These guys are your go-to for quality entertainment. That's dope. Thank you very much. You have no idea how much this makes our day. Seriously. It really does. And hey, listen up real quick. I don't really like to pander for this kind of stuff, but... If you haven't left us a review and you've been listening for a while, we really would appreciate if you do so. I know it, it just takes maybe a minute of your time. We would just really like to get the name of the podcast out there just a little bit more. So please, just take a, a moment of your time. Go over to iTunes and leave us a review. We would be eternally grateful. Thank you very much.
0: And now it gets to the point where Dan in his busy week tells us all the amazingness
2: he has been watching. What have you been watching, brother? So, Steve, something big happened. Yes, just yesterday that kind of shook the world up a little bit, the world of rock and roll, because I know you're not familiar with this band, but the band Tool has returned after 13 years. Tool is back, ladies and gentlemen. I've talked about Tool on here before. I kind of don't care for their live shows sometimes because they tend to all hide in the shadows, but they've always sounded incredible every single time that I've seen them. Now, a lot of the times that I've seen them have been in this 13 year span since they've you know made an album. And they are back with a goddamn fury with this album called Fear Inoculum. Steve, I asked you to listen to this last night and I know you're not very familiar with them, but first of all, did you listen to it with headphones or earbuds (laughs) or anything like that? Mm -hmm. So I know you're not a big rock guy. I know sometimes you don't really go down the roads. I go down when it comes to music, just on a first listen as a musician, what did you think of this tool fear inoculum?
0: Um, You know what? I, 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 it's one of those things where I could tell, Oh, this wasn't in, uh, um, uh, my circle. It's not. I was like, oh, I just don't get Tool. That's okay. I just don't get it. That's all.
2: Okay. Yeah. That's all. That's your final. You're that's saying so final. you just didn't. You just I you just weren't into it, it at all. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Well, for now, I'm not even gonna say the rest of the world because that sounds like an asshole. But there are a lot of people right now that are very, very happy about this, and I can kind of see you not getting that as someone that's just like that's like the first Tool song you've ever heard. That's the first Tool song I've ever. It's heard It's a lot. You yes. know, it's it's a lot. And let's Ten face minute it, the song, song which
0: comes, wasn't like it wasn't like. It's just like okay I'm it's I I jumped into the middle of a play that I don't know.
2: I mean I think the song sort of stands on its own but uh to me I think that it's a nice continuation. Now I'll be very honest with you like they have several albums out and the one that really stands out to me the most is the one called Anima and that one did have more of the radio-friendly hits, for lack of a better term, but it's not because that's, that's not why I liked it. It's just that's when they really truly grabbed me as a band. And then we get into albums like Lateralis and 10,000 Days, where, again, I think we start falling into a category somewhat like Steve. Like, if you're not truly invested in this band, it's kind of a lot to listen to. I was reading an article about this song and the creation of this album, and they were saying that the uh, music all revolves around Seven, as in, like, the count of yeah. Seven. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? So, can you sort of break that down, what that means?
0: It's like four, four time, because I had to actually find it. I was like, what is this time? Because it, four, four time is like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, like a normal thing. And they were going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one. I was like, oh, that's an interesting time thing they just did. That I remember. And so when you said it revolves around seven, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense.
2: I had a feeling that would make sense to you, which is another reason why I wanted you to listen to the song. Yeah. But uh, that's what they said about the, I guess, see, when you don't make an album for 13 years, something tells me you're not hanging out a lot. Now, Tool would tour, and they would probably tour maybe twice a year, Mm -hmm. something like that. On a good year, they would tour twice a year. Yes. But they never put out anything new. So when they finally started throwing these riffs together and stuff like that, they said, coincidentally, and that's the very weird thing, I think to, to say this, but it's tool and they are kind of weird that everyone came in with that. What would you call it? A measurement of seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like a,
0: yeah. Like a time signature of seven.
2: Yeah. Like a time signature of seven. So everyone came in with like a time signature of seven. So it would be like, I'm recording something. I'm working on a riff that's in the time signature of seven. I shoot it over to you, and you're like, "Oh, that's dope." Well, listen to this, and you just happen to have sent something to me in the time signature of seven. Interesting. So, yeah, uh, they, there's a lot of math involved with their with their uh, with their music. It's always been that way. But anyway, I just wanted to express my excitement for this because, and I get it, Steve. I truly, I do. If you're not into Tool, but there are a lot of people out there that are extremely happy about this. I've always been a Tool fan, but again, I just. I can't see spending $60 to see these guys and then I can't even see their faces, but they do have like a very cool visual show. And if that's what you're into, fucking go for it, it's great. The song is called fear inoculum and it is the self, what would they call that? The, the title track is what I'm looking for of that album. So it's going to be coming out August 30th. And I just can't wait to hear what they're going to do with the rest of the album. So, but again, dude, I totally get it. If this isn't your thing. Cool.
0: I I mean, and the thing is, I, I think I've been expanding my brain only because, um, You know, when you and Q were having the conversation about different music, there were quite a few of those songs. I was like, that sounds freaking amazing. That sounds freaking amazing. So um, I did. That's why I was just like, let me listen to this. Dan was like, listen to this. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I totally should. So I did.
2: And you're like, oh, why would I do that? No, (laughs) no, no, no. I always trust your opinion. It's not like I'm trying to get you to say something positive about it. Yeah. Whatever you say is what I'm going to accept. But... Can you appreciate what they're doing there as a musician?
0: Um, let me tell you something. As a person like that has like done album, done whatever, making a song that is nine minutes long is very, very, very difficult. To and, and that's by yourself, let alone getting everyone on the same page for a nine minute song. That's impressive. The easiest thing to do is rest on your laurels and just be like, okay, we're a band that has a huge catalog. We'll just do that. The fact that they came back and said, you know what? We're going to do something brand new. And I'm sure a lot of fans will be like, this isn't like the old stuff. You're going to hear that automatically without a doubt. The fact that they're like, we don't care and did it anyway. As an artist, I would just be like applaud to you because you didn't have to do this. You could have just been like, we could just do the hits. But you're doing the Nope. We're going to go out. We're going to make a risk and just hear thousands upon thousands of fans saying this isn't like the old stuff. And they did it. And so, look, regardless of what you think of Tool, putting your neck on the line for music and creativity, I give them a thumbs up regardless.
2: It didn't sound like a different band to me. It's a good mixture to me, guys, for the people that listen to Tool, of Lateralis and 10,000 Days. I feel like that's that's what it sounds like off of this track. I don't know what else they're going to do. I can tell you that I think that uh, Maynard his vocals are a lot more soft these days versus his heavier stuff. I I would like to see personally a nice fusion of some of the heavier stuff with these soft vocals that he does much like in the band, a perfect circle. But yeah, that's all I want to say about it. I really like this band and I'm happy to see them back. And I don't know if this album is as impressive as I think it's going to be. Maybe I'll sell out another 60 bucks. They are coming to the aftershock festival in Sacramento sometime in October. So if it's not one of those Halloween horror night weekends, I'm going to really try to get there. Nice. So this is something that we have both seen. Obviously, we have a podcast about it and trust us, we're not going to go into the ins and outs like we do on that show. But Preacher season 4 has started back up again. Last week they dropped the first two episodes and I can tell you straight up that if you are not watching the show, you're missing out on something special. Preacher's in its final season and I can I think Steve will agree with me when he says that this might be their craziest, possibly best season so far. I agree. You can actually go over to Hulu and you can watch all three seasons of Preacher to get yourself caught up. And then, of course, go over to AMC. It starts every It's every Sunday night at 9 p.m., wherever you might be. It's a fantastic show. We're not going to take a lot of time with this one, but I did want you to know that it is something that we are watching kind of heavily right now. And if you're not watching Preacher, you should be. And then what you should do is after you watch these episodes, you go over to The Word, the unofficial Preacher podcast, and listen to the breakdown there. See how we did that, Steve? I intermingled the show.
0: And I loved it. And I, and again, I really like what they're doing. Can't wait to see. We're only one or two episodes in. So I look forward to see what they're going to do after this. But so far, I am all the way in.
2: Now, Steve, I did something just a couple of days ago that I did not think that I was going to do. I have purchased a Regal Unlimited movie pass. What? I shouldn't say movie pass. That's going to give it like a uh, some
0: I know. weird stigma yes. or
2: something like that.
0: It's going to put some stink on it. So they got the Regal unlimited that's $18 you can go to mini theaters. That's where it ends. There's a lot of theaters that are involved in this one but it's not like a nationwide thing. It's like literally specific theaters. Pro- I'm imagining locally. You can actually use this at like different little I mean they don't they have a list of the different ones you can go to, but the next one is the um $21 and they said mini theaters and they're like more now you go from two hundred selected theaters to four hundred Regal theaters. Right. If I I don't travel that much, so I don't care. Right. Like I don't need four hundred. Now if I was a business, like I go on a lot of business trips, I'd be like, I need this. The next one is twenty three fifty, and you go to
2: all Regal theaters. Exactly. So yes. if you're traveling a lot, that's the one that you can get. If you like to go totally. to movies and you're you have a lot of downtime, that's the one to go to. But personally, I went with the twenty one dollar one because. Oh, it's unlimited movies, man. You can see as many movies as you want to, as long as here's the catch, as long as they don't overlap. So you have to essentially wait about an hour and a half between movies to see something because they don't want you getting a ticket and then figuring out a way to give it to somebody. They're not as lax as I thought they were going to be. Like I went yesterday and saw Hobbs and Shaw, and I'll talk about that in just a second. But when you go in. The existing Regal Pass that you have, if you have the Regal app, that gets substituted and you have to take a picture of yourself and it has one of those little codes on it, the QR codes, I believe they're called. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's it's like an ID thing. So they check that. Then you head on in. I'll tell you that there are surcharges, though, but they don't necessarily need to get you, okay, because it's kind of a give and take thing. This is what I'm talking about. So the first time that I used this app, I ordered my movie. And I did not realize that it charged me 50 cents for the transaction. That's from doing it from home. So okay. not that big of a deal. But if I'm already paying $21 a month, I would like to see that eliminated, right? Okay, so here's the this is what you do is you just go to the theater and do it right there at the ticket window. And there is no charge. Oh, nice. Okay. You know, 50 cents, not the end of the world. But 50 cents adds up after a while, particularly when you're using an unlimited plan. Yes. So think, just keep that in mind. The other thing that's kind of cool is that our theater here, our big theater, which is Edwards, has or Edwards Regal IMAX and all that, has a, a 4DX theater. Now, to go to a 4DX movie, it's around $21 in the daytime, and I think it's like $28 or something like that at night. I have not done this myself. However, our buddy Sean did say that he, he uh, found out that if you go to a 4DX movie using the unlimited plan, it only cost eight bucks or like 8.50 or something like that. So that's a huge, huge drop. And I have no problem paying for something like that because that's not something that I'm going to be doing all the time. That's more of a let's have a fun experience and, and go see something kind of crazy. Totally. I don't personally think that I would want to see all of my movies in 4DX. It's just a little bit too much. It's, actually, it's a lot too much for me. Really? You don't want to do the 4DX? would you really want to see every single movie in 4dx yes i think it might be a little bit too much however i haven't seen that so when i do eventually go see a 4dx movie i meant to go see spider-man and it just never happened i will get around to doing that and, and i'll let you know i'll do like a full-on review my question to you is are you going to get one yes i think it's smart yes I for will. the amount of movies that you like to see it only makes sense so you know you figure what do you spend 20 bucks a month on
0: Look, if I go with uh, the Belle, if I go take her to the movies, it's $24, $25. I literally would make the money back in one trip.
2: Yeah, I think that's the way to go. But it's just great because you can see, I think you can only keep three movies on, like there's a little memory thing, you know what I'm saying? Like that's like your little bank, if you will. And you can keep three movies on there. So in other words, you can order three movies at a time. And then I think it's like, let's just say you had those in your queue. I think you can still go up to the, to the box office and like get another movie, something like that. I sh- you know, Honestly, there's like a whole bunch of rules to it, but what I'm trying to tell you is I'm very happy that I have this Regal Unlimited Pass because now, much like when I had movie Pass, I'm going to start going to the movies a lot more again. I don't know if you all noticed, but we were starting to do a lot of Netflix there for a while. That shit gets expensive, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, right? So I'm very happy to have this back because I do plan on seeing everything. And that leads me to my next case where I just watched Aladdin. Can I ask you why? Because I have Regal Unlimited. Oh, (laughs) that's why. All right. It's not a big loss. If if I've already paid for the plan. So to go in and check it out. Not a big loss. I don't think it was that bad of a movie, bro.
0: I think I think it also has to do with the
2: fact that you didn't pay for it. I just wanted to see it. I want to see what Will Smith could do. Like, is he just going to absolutely disappoint me to the point where it's like, I can't look at him anymore. Here's the deal. I think he did a stand up job. It is not Robin Williams. I went in there intentionally not trying to compare him to Robin Williams. I can say that they do some things. And by the way, guys, I know this movie's been out for a while, but I might as well talk about it. I went and saw it. I can say that they do throw some heavy nods to him, you know, and the way that the genie moves. That that fast pace kind of thing. It's there. But they don't have Will Smith do like a fast delivery like he did. You know what I mean? It's. Yes. uh it's so it's it's a very good mesh. And I was really thinking that I was gonna hate him as the genie. And I gotta tell you, bro, he did a pretty good job. Okay. For, for being what it is, Aladdin not a bad movie. I'm actually pleasantly surprised. I'm not one to go to movies where they start breaking out in a song. But And I thought that was really what was going to get me. That was going to be like the deal breaker. No, they did great. There's even a song that they added in that wasn't in the original soundtrack called Speechless, which Naomi Scott sings. She plays Princess Jasmine. Aladdin is played by a guy, and I'm sorry if I butchered this, but I believe it is Mena Masood. And he is actually really good too, man. The only part that I thought they really could have like done better with their casting was in the guy that played Jafar. I believe his name is Marwen Kanzari. He was okay, but... Did you see Aladdin uh, back in the day? Yes, I loved Aladdin back in the day. Loved right, him. so you know what Jafar looks yes. like, that threatening kind of... And granted, he looks a lot like, say, Scar in The Lion King, if you think about it. That, that villain scowl. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like kind of the same thing. This guy just looks like a non-threatening man. That happens to be the bad guy in the movie. I don't think that he does a terrible job, but it's just, he's probably the least believable part of the movie. And that's a lot, there's a lot of shit going on. You know what I mean? There's a lot of fantasy. And for some reason, uh, Jafar, the character of Jafar didn't work for me. But not a bad movie, man. Um, I would recommend if you have kids and you haven't taken them to see this, go for it. Take them to see it. If you like Disney, you've probably already seen this. But if you haven't, Check it out. I don't think it's that bad. If you're just a Robin Williams purist and nothing's ever going to be better than Robin Williams, skip it. What's the point? Or wait till it comes out on cable or something like that. But I was pleasantly surprised I liked the movie. I'm going to go ahead and rate this one. I'll give it two out of five magic carpets, man. That's where I stand with that movie.
0: That's totally fair. That sounds fair.
2: I didn't walk out elated, but I did not walk out disappointed. It's actually a pretty good movie.
0: Fair. I'll, if it ever, I don't know. We'll see.
2: <laughs> I get it. Again, you know, opinions. Yes. but. I figured it would be the perfect opportunity to see this, being that I technically wasn't paying for it. And Disney does a fine job, man. Like it was I, I really couldn't beat it apart that much. Fair enough. I couldn't. Fair enough. I really tried. <laughs> so before we get into the main one, um, I did go to the movies again last night with that lovely pass. And I caught Hobbs and Shaw, brother.
0: Hmm. I've heard a lot of mixed things about this movie.
2: The first thing that I'm going to say about Hobbs and Shaw is I have no prior Fast and Furious background whatsoever. Okay. I have not seen film one in the series. OK, and I I basically went into Hobbs and Shaw without giving you the long version of the story. I had a super shitty day yesterday, like just shitty. And I just wanted to take my mind off of things for a little bit. I happen to be in the area, so I'm going to go pull up and see what's playing. And guess what? Hobbs and Shaw is playing. And that's why I went in to see that movie. OK, so. This is coming from a very uneducated person when it comes to The Fast and Furious. I don't even know half the cast that's in that. But this is what Hobbs and Shaw was to me, okay? I don't like this guy. And I don't like this guy. And you're too dumb to do anything. Well, I'm going to put my foot so far up your ass that you're going to cough up a shoelace. That's the movie. Pretty much 85% of the movie is... If you don't know, they don't get along very well. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> so... Again, I sort of wasn't expecting much with this movie. Like, I knew what I was getting myself into. I knew it was going to be this muscle-bound movie that had a lot of action, a lot of explosions, a lot of fighting and shit like that. It was an action movie, man. And I can tell you that as someone that has never seen any of the other movies, like, it's hard to base the characters in this one on whether they're the same in the other ones because The Rock clearly says he saved the world four times in this movie.
0: He didn't save the world. He kind of... Did, sort of, but no, nothing like that.
2: I mean, he says something like, saving the world's what I do. I mean, there's a lot of that in this. There's a lot of rock flexing. There's a lot of eyebrows. Now, there's not a lot, but there's a scene with the eyebrows. He sort of checks all the boxes as far as rock movies go, you know? Same thing with Jason Statham. I think they do an okay job, but it's just you know where this movie's going. You've got two guys that can't stand each other that are thrown together to work in a situation, and they're going to do it reluctantly the entire of time. Course. They're going to do it with protests. Uh-huh. They are going to play dirty tricks on each other. Yeah. They are, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And to do a little filler, now we have a possible love interest perhaps. And maybe that person is related to somebody and the possible love interest is sort of like the key to the whole thing. And then of course there's Idris Alba, who I got to tell you is a pretty he's a badass in this movie, and I hate to say it, but God damn it he's a handsome bastard, but he's a badass in this movie bro like i I that's the thing like if you can just throw out particularly if you've never seen one of these movies, if you can just go in and just like go i'm gonna take whatever they give me, it's a pretty fun movie if you want to pick a movie apart, that's a movie to definitely pick apart but I sort of enjoyed myself because when I went into this movie, I was not in a good mood whatsoever. I wanted to completely take my mind away from the problem that was bothering me. And this movie did the trick. It was fun. I laughed. I enjoyed all the action. I've seen a few things in this movie that I really hadn't seen before. I was willing to put up with the, like, we get it. You guys don't like each other. And that kind of goes on a lot, you know what yeah. I'm mean? Like they're big, like, Uh, You know how, like, the bickering in—if you haven't watched this, I'm sorry, but, Steve, you know, like, the bickering between Cass and um, Jesse in that one scene by the elevator where every little petty thing is like, I'm going to take this door. You can't take that door. That's my door. You know, that kind of shit. There's this one particular scene where The Rock and Jason Statham are tied up, okay? And they have these chains around them, and they have this cable. Basically, they're going to get electrocuted or shocked, like torture shocked, right? And uh, Idris Elba's going to be the guy that actually does the shocking. And then they just go into this whole thing like, give us the information or am I going to shock you this last time? And The Rock, who's already been shocked like 900 times, is talking about, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to kick that guy in the face. And then I'm going to reach over to this guy and I'm going to do, you know, that kind of thing. And then, of course, Jason Statham's like, yeah, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. You can't do that. That's the guy I'm going to do. They have that kind of conversation going on when really they should have just been shocked and killed. And it ah, been. Yeah. I'm with you. Do you know what yes. I'm saying? Yes. But I understand that, guys. I understand it's the comedy of it. That's the entertaining part of it. That's what makes The Rock and Jason Statham, both those characters. So I'm not knocking it. But what I'm telling you is it is kind of a formulaic movie, but it was a super fun movie. There is this cool thing that happens at the end. Idris Alba, he's kind of like a winter soldier type of a guy. Okay. He's been uh, dead once before. They sort of brought him back and they mechanized him. They made him like this cybernetic guy and... His whole deal is that he's trying to steal this virus to alter its effects to make it to where people can be like more superhuman like him. That's that's the goal. So when Idris Elba gets to Samoa, he's got all these advanced weapons with him. And like there's guns that can only be activated by the touch of your skin, you know, like a fingerprint or your handprint, that kind of stuff. They all roll up on these Samoans and I won't explain what happens, but the Samoans have like a lesser advantage, right? Because they their weapons aren't there anymore. I'll just say that. So they basically go Ewok style on them. <laughs> they just okay. they just fight with what they have and they fight all these these uh they use this humongous battle with these people using like you know their old school Samoan weapons and shit like that and just like some island know-how. And To me, it just seemed like something from Return of the Jedi where it was like an Ewok battle when I started watching it. But it actually ended up being super, super cool. You know, I just have to understand this is a rock movie and a Jason Statham movie. And for what that is, I will tell you that I enjoyed it. I'm not going to talk too much more about it because it's just one of those movies that I think if you've seen all the Fast and Furious movies... I'm assuming you already know what you're getting yourself into. As someone that hasn't, I found it rather enjoyable, but it's something that I would say, you know, you could, if you like seeing big movies with lots of explosions and action on the big screen, this is definitely a movie to go see if you want to see that. If you want like a solid script and everything, probably not the case. You could wait for it on uh, cable or whatever when it comes out on streaming. But I'm going to go ahead and rate this one. I'm going to give it two out of five cybernetic eyeballs. Perfectly fine. For the last one, Steve, we both saw this one. I'm very, very curious because I know you are a hit or miss guy when it comes to Quentin Tarantino. We're talking about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Saw this a while back, but we didn't talk about it last week. So I'm glad that we waited because now you've seen it. Steve, I'd like you to take the lead on this one, man. Let me know what you think of Quentin Tarantino's recent release.
0: Like Off the bat, Quentin Tarantino is a problematic human being. We all know that. <laughs> There's no question. His, his ideas about women in his movies are sketchy. People of color, sketchy. He's just a problematic director. And so I had to understand that going in. That being said, Quentin Tarantino is also a man among children directing. Yep. He is a person with his peers that can just simply... I heard it said great on the Slash Filmcast, Revenger said. They're like, he knows so many movies that he can just recall certain tricks that he doesn't have to study it. He just recalls it. And for me, it's the equivalent of he's like a jazz artist that some of us would have to look for the chords or the the scales for certain chords. He doesn't have to, there's other jazz people who could just be like, I know the chords. So I could just recall the, the scale on command because it's in my brain. I don't have to think about it. That's how many, he's just a student of film. So he could just recall these tricks. And when you watch it, there's uh, women and men that also give me the same feeling. Like, they are above what everyone else is doing. And, and Quentin Tarantino is just one of those people. When I walked out of the movie, I said, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is his dream of what Hollywood can be. When you actually look at what Hollywood is, is in his dream scenario... He's a problematic person (laughs) in his dream scenario. This is what it looks like. If in his dream scenario, this is what Hollywood looks like. He is a problem, but that being being put aside, Leonardo DiCaprio is a revelation. He is so good at what he does that it is incredible. The fact that he can act as if he's acting is incredible. That is a hard thing to do. And he's acting as if he's acting, then he breaks character and he's still acting, but he's not acting like he's acting. It's just a, he is a revelation in this movie. Brad Pitt, I mean, what else can you say? But also, look, it's also how Quentin films him. Like there is a scene where he's walking out of a ranch And the way that Quentin Tarantino films it, I'm like, only Quentin would film it like this. He's just a genius, a problematic genius, but a genius nonetheless. Uh, Margot Robbie, I wish she would have gotten more, but I like the fact that they showed how innocent she was. Which is kind of pushing you to a, oh no, it's going to end up terribly. But a lot of people don't even, right. they yeah. don't know the Manson story. The only reason I know the Manson story is because I was at the last generation where they made it a big deal. Um, and also, I recently listened to a, like a 20 series podcast on the ins and outs of the Manson murders. And uh, like I went with Melissa and Melissa was like, didn't Manson kill somebody? And I was like, no, he didn't. It was his people that killed people.
2: And she's like, yeah, oh. go do my bidding, Minions.
0: Yes. And she's like, oh, I didn't know. And so a lot of people didn't even know Sharon Tate was one of the people. Because this is a generation that doesn't really know the story. So if you don't know the Manson murders, you're kind of just like, who's that guy?
2: What's this all about? Yeah, a lot of stories from old Hollywood are sort of lost. Exactly. and for To some people.
0: And for me, it's just, to, um, I know when I talked to my mom about the movie, she was like, oh, you don't understand. It was everything when it happened. It was insanity. We were like, What? Did your mom see the movie? No. uh, uh-uh. uh. She just was telling oh. me how the Manson murders were humongous. Like, oh my gosh, this happened? What? And so it was everywhere. But And for Quentin, it was everywhere for him too. I think for a lot of people that are going to be watching this movie, it wasn't though. They don't know what the crap these girls were all about. Who are these people? Who are these women? Um, but a lot of the guests, like the walk-ons were really fun. I really liked Damian Lewis. He was fun as Steve McQueen. Uh, I mean, it was just a fun thing that he threw in, but I'm just talking about just movie making. Like I said, there's a few women and a few men who are on in this group of adults that walk among children in the directing field. And Quentin is one of them. Now, there is a part with Bruce Lee that I was like, of course you had to do this. (laughs) Of course you had to do this. In your perfect world, this is Bruce Lee. In your perfect world, his family even came out, was really upset. I'm like, yeah, you should be. This was a ridiculous scene. And all it was there to do was to prove how tough Brad Pitt was. There was another way to do that. And it wasn't to do that. It was ridiculous. But other than that, I mean, like I said, it was, a, it was a fantastic experience. It was great to see... Um, Quentin at the top of his game. I still, obviously, I still believe that it was not his best movie, but it was really good. So yeah, I liked it a lot.
2: In the scheme of Quentin Tarantino movies, this is probably his most chill movie. Like it's very, very chill the whole time. And it's, I hate to use this because it has been used a lot, but I do think that Quentin Tarantino does make these movies for Quentin Tarantino. And I think more than ever, this might be the one. He has this love of old Hollywood. There's just certain things that he likes in certain eras and a certain aesthetic that he likes. And it feels like he did all of that in this movie. He's just, he's a visionary man. Like a lot of people were saying that they didn't care for like the long car rides that Brad Pitt took. But that's the thing with Quentin Tarantino to me is that, He's a director. He's a writer. Yes, he's a filmmaker. But he's not just that. He's also someone that takes you on this fantasy back in 1969. And he tells the story of Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth. You know, I love how Leonardo DiCaprio played Rick Dalton. I love that character so much because it's like what you saw was a guy that wasn't in his prime anymore. That was a broken down guy that was trying to deal with. A lot of things that he, you know, he's he's missing a lot of things he used to have. And he's just trying to make the most of what he has without feeling like he's fading off into obscurity, basically. And the friendship that he has with this guy that's been his longtime stunt guy. I love the friendship that they have. I love what Cliff does for Rick Dalton. You know what I mean? Like, he he could have just left him in the dust a long time ago, but he he proved to be a faithful friend. I think that Leonardo DiCaprio is doing probably some of the best acting he has ever done in the role of Rick Dalton. That's, again, just my opinion. I think it is right up there with Wolf of Wall Street. I I really, really like Leo DiCaprio, dude. Like, he's one of my favorite actors. If not, possibly my favorite actor because he's just so goddamn good. He is just acting his ass off in this movie, you know? And and it's all from, from joy to insecurity to rage to just being completely sad and broken. The finale... Which you know we'll, we won't really get into too much, but him in the finale was fantastic. There's just one particular part of the movie where he's acting with this young actor, uh, played by Julia Butters. Her name is Trudy in the movie, and they just have this really kind of a sweet exchange, and they sort of bond. And what happens afterwards? They after when they bond, the scene that he pulls off is freaking like, dude, it was so great. It was like watching Rick Dalton as the character doing his best work in that movie. And that's the one he's the scene I'm referring to is when she's sitting on his lap Mm -hmm. in that bar and Timothy (laughs) Oliphant walks in. But even more so was what led up to that is when he goes back into his trailer after screwing up and he's like yelling at himself in the mirror and trashing his trailer and everything. That was just such solid work by him. As far as Brad Pitt goes, I mean, he's, he's Brad Pitt, you know, (laughs) You, you either love or you hate Brad Pitt. And I think that his acting is probably better than it's been in a while. But it's still very Brad Pitt. And I'm not knocking him for that. You know, I do. I'm a fan of him. Uh, But it's the character that's created. Cliff Booth's character is, to me, one of the coolest Tarantino characters ever, man. He's just this tough guy. You know, I understand what you're saying about the Bruce Lee part and just to show how tough he was. But I think that Quentin Tarantino was definitely setting that up. He wanted to show you this badass guy that's sort of been through it all, could possibly be a murderer. We don't know. They never really... They flirt with that. They never give us an answer on that. So there's this little bit of ambiguity with them. But uh, he was great, man. And he also in the finale, it's it could be one of my favorite finales for as short as it was. Like it's just so Quentin <laughs> that it's just nuts, dude. Like I loved it so much. Margot, of course, was great. I agree with you. I think I like the way that they played her. she definitely had this. Uh, this layer of like innocence and naivete and everything. And I do wish they would have given her a little bit more, but for what they gave her, I think she did a really great job. Now here's the thing. I'm not going to dance around the Quentin Tarantino elephant in the room. There are a lot of feet in this movie, bro. Like seriously, no Mm -hmm. joke. I heard people laughing about it because you know, it's a thing now when you go to see these movies, you start doing the foot count and it's crazy. Like It was like he was just like, if I, if this is going to be my ninth movie, I'm going oh, yeah. <laughs> to get my kicks.
0: He's a weirdo, dude. He's a weirdo. Yeah, I
2: mean, he's definitely got a thing with feet. It doesn't really matter with Quinn. I mean, there's it, guy feet, women feet. I don't matter. This dude just wants to have feet on the screen, yes. basically. So, you know, it's it's worth mentioning just because if you're kind of aware of that and you go into this movie, you're going to notice who's already aware of that, too, because there is... Sort of this very soft giggling going on the entire time. As far as like the uh, finales go, the Quentin Tarantino level of violence that have been in movies that you've seen and enjoyed, Steve, where do you feel like this, the finales ranking?
0: It's uh, it's one of the it was quick. It was one of the lesser. It was. um, I mean, it was just a normal for Quentin. It's just like an average ending. It wasn't crazy you know, there was pretty, he's had some bloody finales. This was pretty tame.
2: Yeah. Like the whole thing was like probably his most super chill movie. But, and I, I, will admit that when I came out of it, I did say, man, I really, cause I don't know, call me crazy. That's why I like his movies. I think he does violence in a way where again, a lot of people aren't down with that. Yeah. Like, I know that there are a lot of articles and a lot of people saying that, you know, uh, they don't appreciate the violence towards women in these movies.
0: I mean, if it's Quentin Tarantino's perfect world, the guy does do this. And the girl does not. The girl screams and runs into the back room. I'm like, Quentin is just that guy. I only say it because it's like, now it's his dream scenario. And this is what his dream scenario is. And I'm like, yeah, he's just a problematic dude.
2: You can't walk into a movie and when that happens, get shocked if you've seen Quentin Tarantino movies already. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those things. So if you're able to deal with that. And and it's not as uh, I mean, towards the end, it's like a it's a really intense scene. It's super gratuitous, but it's really quick. There's not that much else going on in this one, but I totally get that, man. But I just like the way all of these characters were together. I love the landscape of the movie. I love the way it was shot. I loved how they they actually altered the streets of Hollywood in certain parts of Hollywood to film this movie, to make it look like it, like we traveled back in time. And this movie feels like much like the title. It feels like a, like a fairy tale in a weird way. Like it's just this weird, I've used this term before, kind of like this slice of life thing, you know, like nothing until the very end. There's just like, nothing's really going anywhere. It's just kind of outside of maybe perhaps a Rick's character. You know, were you seeing his uh, descent into like uh, having to go do spaghetti westerns and things like that and then not being the big dog anymore and and sort of having to find his place again? Like that's to me seemed like the majority of the story. We saw this other stuff that was going on with Roman Polanski and and, uh, Sharon Tate and such, but it was sort of in the backdrop. You know, much like uh, you know, you're you're watching something that's on in the forefront of the screen, and you see like a cloud going by in the background. It was one of those things, you know what I mean? It was just like a, a background story that you would sort of visit every now and then, and then get back to the main characters. I just feel like it all worked very well, man. I'll agree with you; it wasn't my favorite movie, but I do think that it's an outstanding movie. It's some of it is a benchmark in filmmaking as far as some of the. Uh, just the 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 shots and and the vibe that this movie gives off. I really really appreciated it, which is why I went back for a second look because there was so much going on honestly i I just couldn't retain it all and I had to kind of go back and sort of process what I watched. That said, I'm ready to rate go it go for it. I am going to go ahead and give this movie a three point five out of five flamethrower sir that's what I'm giving
0: you're li- you literally that's exactly what I was gonna say so now I got to think of another rating.
2: No, you don't, because it's a worthy one, man. I think that the flamethrower is a, as big of a star in this movie as some of the characters. Oh, there's <laughs> you know no know question. What I, mean?
0: um, I will give this 3.5 cans of wolf teeth. Dog food.
2: <laughs> That's good, man. Nice. <laughs> That's what I will give it. And Could have gone with 3.5 packs of red apples. Yes. There's a lot of things that could have gone with. So
0: I will fun. give it that. I liked it. Go check it out. Yeah, I might end up going to see it again just to... Um, no, you know what? I'll probably wait for it to come out on DVD. Or if I get this regal pass, I might just be like, oh, no, no, no. I got to. You know what? The first thing I'm going to see is the um, ghost story thing tomorrow. But. Oh, uh,
2: yes. Yes. I'm excited about that yeah, one. Man.
0: And so that's going to be the first. But
2: scary stories to tell oh, in the dark. Dude, this starts, starts this week.
0: Fantastic. So, yeah, that's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ladies and gentlemen, Yeah, boy got to get um, I, thank you so much for all the ratings, the five stars. We really appreciate it, and the reviews. Thank you for the email. Shannon, I still got your number. Don't think I'm not coming back next week. I'm still coming. We just to be didn't continued. Have, we didn't have time today. But anyway, the next voice you're going to hear is the man, the myth, the legend. I'm out of here. Peace.
2: That's going to do it for me, too, guys. Thank you for listening to episode 80. Guess what? We're going to be back with 81 next week. And I'm going to remind you, watch Preacher. And then listen to the Word, the Unofficial Preacher podcast. We want you guys there. We want to show you what we do on that show as well and make you a part of it because it is fun and we have some special surprises that are going to be coming up soon that I will be announcing shortly. It's always a pleasure talking to you guys. Thanks to everyone that emailed in and, you know, just gives the show love, man, because it just keeps us going and we really appreciate that. Can't tell you how much we do. My name is Dan Ramirez, ladies and gentlemen. That's the name they gave me. I want you people to be good to yourselves. Be good to the people around you. Peace. (laughs)